Good morning and welcome to the May 14th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show where we are on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is Ryan Joy. I'm joined by John DeConti. We are taking a little bit of a detour here from our 5-10 to 10 minute episodes. We're going to do a longer episode today on the very first In Your House, which happened on this day in 1995. From Syracuse, the On Center. John, what do you think of the very first in your house. I bet you it was a hell of a bargain. What was it, fourteen ninety five? Yeah, fourteen ninety five. So, yeah, it was entertaining. This is a obviously a kind of a down era for the WWF, as we've been talking about throughout the uh, the Raws. But some good stuff out of the, it came out of this one. Yeah, and um, you know, competition was heating up. Competition between WCW and WWF was heating up. WCW was going to do more pay per views. WWF had to do more pay per views. So they were pushing each other to get better, which is always a good thing for us, the wrestling fans. Before long, we're going to get into the Nitro era, and things are going to get really spicy. But right now, we've got Diesel working on top as champion, and Bret Hart working on the undercard. Shawn Michaels is injured. Surprise. And so we have a nice, compact, two-hour show Six hours of wrestle or six matches, and they give away a house. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> and it does. It takes place on Mother's Day, which uh, once again this year, May fourteenth, as uh, you're listening to us, is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yeah. Were you surprised to see that the commentary team was Vince McMahon and Doc Hendricks? <sighs> I'm always surprised to see. Vince McMahon at the desk because he's <laughs> just so god awful, and I figured they would do something here because Lawler is on the card because Lawler has been his right hand man for a lot of these Raws, and they went to Doc Hendricks, which is a choice. It is a choice. <laughs> his personality is so weird because it's like such a departure from Michael Hayes, the Freebird. Yeah. But but whatever, he's got good solid work. <laughs> so there's that but the opening contest is bret hart versus hakushi now of course bret hart's working twice on this card so makes sense that he would work the first match he's yeah. not going to be working the main event so to give the most amount of time in between it makes sense here so he's going up against hakushi hakushi is undefeated bret is determined to prove he is still the best there is best there was the best there ever will be dedicates the match to his mother and uh we're off to the races here yeah, and what little we've seen of Hakushi on, um, we've seen him, but we haven't seen a ton of anyone because there's not a lot of space in the one-hour Raws. He's tearing through, guys. There's He's clearly a heel. He's got Shinji in his corner. Hasn't really gotten involved too much. Yeah. In this match. Yeah. We get a big diving headbutt from Hakushi for an airfall. He goes for a springboard splash, but Brett rolls away. Then we get the Bret Hart signature spots. Russian leg sweep, near fall. Bulldog, near fall, backbreaker, elbow from the second rope, sharpshooter attempt, but Shinja interferes. Shinja grabs Brett's leg. Brett dives through the ropes on top of Shinja. Back in the ring, Hakushi takes back over. Brett blocks a suplex from Hakushi and then suplexes him out of the ring. Both men spill to the floor. Hakushi goes for a springboard moonsault off the second rope to the floor. And then Brett uses a victory roll to get the pinfall. So... 
fourteen thirty nine. Long, longer, man. Yeah, exactly. Longer than Brett had Brett been beating Hakushi on house shows. They go out of their way to talk about how Hakushi is undefeated, and uh, you won't see any programming. You probably saw him lose to Brett, but uh, they went a good long time here. It is a good match. Hakushi is a, a damn good, good dancer for Brett, and uh, Brett sells the knee injury. He limps to the back, clearly a pronounced limp. And, oh, he's got another match coming up tonight. How ever is he going to do it? Yeah, I thought it was a nice touch. I've seen this show before, I believe. And then it's it was a nice touch to give us a little storyline to carry throughout the rest of the So, yeah, Brett jumping out of the breach, ring, twists his knee. Jerry Lawler wants to get his match in the ring right now. He Like, the whole rest of the show, he wants to be wrestling Bret Hart because he wants to he doesn't want Brett to have time to recover. And then we see Todd Pettengale. He's at the the phone banks, right, for the hotline. Yep. And sure enough, Stan Lane's there, one half of the Midnight Express, <laughs> working the phones. And Alundra Blaze also in the hotline room. Of course, Jerry Lawler comes by to say he's ready to fight Bret Hart right now. Yep, yeah. He <laughs> Jerry Lawler's in almost every shot for the rest of the show, trying to get that match on now, 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 now. Like, he's like Daffy Duck. It's just, yeah. He wants yeah. it and he wants it now. They're getting their money work out of Jim Jerry Lawler, that's for sure. Indeed. Next up is Razor Ramon going up against Jeff Jarrett and the roadie in a handicap match. Razor Ramon backstage just says, I hear you, Meng. It's been two on one since day one. <laughs> now, his original partner, the one, two, three kid who's home with an injury. They do this. They do this a couple of times as we've been going through the Raws from this era. He's on the phone with Vince McMahon at ringside, and it's just, the sound quality is horrible. It really does sound. It sounds like he's on the phone from back in the day, yeah. and it's oh, he wishes he could be there. Blah blah blah. Not a lot comes out of it, but just the corny gimmick that he's calling in the middle of a pay per view, and it rings right to ringside. Yeah, he vows to get revenge on the roadie though. <laughs> Long term, they're going to be best friends in DX. It's the first ever WWF pay-per-view handicap match, they explain. It's, yes, that is, there is a point of mentioning that. We love a good first ever. We get the <laughs> typical Razor Ramon pyro beforehand, and Ramon ends up getting the win, Razor's Edge, and pin on Jeff Jarrett. I was surprised because I just presumed the roadie was there to take the pin. Exactly. Did not see that finish coming. Yeah, after the match, Razor tried to give Rhodey the Razor's Edge. Jarrett hit a chop block, applied the figure four. Eldo Montoya out to make the save. And then an unnamed wrestler popped in the ring and cleared house on Jarrett and Rhodey. We know that it was Savio Vega. <laughs> Vince McMahon has never seen Quang without his mask, though. So he was completely <laughs> shocked. <laughs> As was Jerry, as was Doc Hendricks. So. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So Quang had been wrestling for I don't know how long. It was Savio Vega under a mask, whatever. Um, Jerry Lawler complaining to Jack Tunney needs to get the match in the ring. Needs to get Bret Hart in the ring. So we see a Psycho Sid video package. Enough said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we get Barry Dodinsky. In the crowd, showing off the new all-over-print Bret Hart t-shirt. <laughs> Who is this guy? 
<laughs> it's not the first time we've heard his name. He's been he's pimped some merch before. Like we we've gotten shots at him at the merch stand. I don't remember him at all. Here we go. We now he now we know him. He's the merch guy. <laughs> we have a King of the Ring qualifying match. Mabel versus Adam Bomb. And Mabel gets the win here in a minute 53, so it's a short one, just to give people a break. I guess I would say it was the world's strongest slam for the pinfall, right? Exactly, yeah. He goes for a high cross body, gets caught, he's in his arms, and he just drops him into what we would most likely refer to as the world's strongest slam. Yeah, so that's that. Todd Pettengale's in the back with Razor Ramon and Savio Vega. Razor introduces Savio as one of the biggest stars from the Caribbean. Razor says it's good to have Savio on his side, Mang Chico. Exactly. Yes, they have faced each other before, and Razor is sure glad that he doesn't have to stand opposite him this time. Yep, yep. Jerry Lawler really wants to get Brett in the ring as soon as possible. <laughs> we see footage of Brett icing his knee in the back, so things are just getting worse. And we transition to the other heart, Owen Hart and Yokozuna with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji. They're going up against the Smoking Guns for the WWF Tag Team Champions Championship. They'll be defending. Billy and Yoko start the match. Yokozuna maintains the advantage. When Bart comes in, then Yoko tags off to Owen. And then the guns take over Owen Hart basically for the majority of the rest of the match. Owen hits the Insanguri, tags Yokozuna back into the match. Things were looking really good for the guns when Yoko ran into a post, but Bart found himself outside the ring and Yokozuna dropped a leg on him and then rolled him back in and Owen covered for the win. You're not getting up this week if after Yokozuna drops a leg on you. <laughs> no, hey, and it, they've got the tiny little mats outside, so it, it's not the concrete, but that leg drop looks bad enough in the ring where the ring has some bounce to it. Taking a Yokozuna leg drop on the floor, I, I wonder if he had to literally peel Bart up off the floor to roll him back. <laughs> that did not look pleasant. No. Todd Pettengill is with Diesel. He wishes everybody happy Mother's Day. He lost his mother at the end of 94, so he was a little sad. It's his first Mother's Day without it, but wishes everybody a happy Mother's Day and says he's going to retain his championship. And then we have Jerry Lawler who introduces us to the Queen Mother who is no more than 20 years old. It's tough. I wanted to, I started typing in my notes. He introduces a woman as his mother that's clearly half his age. And then I'm like, okay, Jerry's not that old at this point, but yeah, she still might be half his age. <laughs> Jerry's a funny guy because he's, as far as I've always heard that he had a reputation for being really sensitive to people knowing how old he was or is. I mean, Cat's out of the bag now, Jerry. People know you were on wrestling Monday Night Raw for 30 years. You're not <laughs> young. But in any event, so yeah, so it makes perfect sense to me that he would introduce a very young woman as the queen mother who has vowed to take out Helen Hart once Jerry gets finished with Brett. So the absolute ridiculousness. Jerry Law. You love Jerry Lawler. He, he becomes one of the two voices of a whole generation and perhaps the greatest moments of Raw history and WWF history. God damn, is he a cornball from another era, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. In the back, we see Todd Pattengale, who is interviewing Bret Hart, concerned about Bret's leg. 
but Brett's dancing on it. Says, no, it's not April Fool's Day, but I am 100%. So he comes out for his match. And boy, Jerry is all upset because he thought for sure he had that little advantage over Bret Hart. But Jerry Lawler hits Bret with a pile driver. Bret then answers with one a few minutes later. Bret has the advantage, but then Shinja comes out and somehow Earl Hebner got caught up in the ropes. Like he got his leg twisted in the ropes and he was hanging outside the ropes. Yeah, yeah. He, I now I wonder if that was was what they wanted to do because otherwise it's that's a hell of a coincidence. Like originally, I thought he was just supposed to take a bump to the floor where he could have taken a nice nap for as long as it took for whomever to interfere. But yeah, the fact that he gets his ankle caught and is just dangling there for a while, <laughs> it was a heck of a look. Yeah, Hakushi comes out three top rope diving moves. I think most of I think they were headbutts, all of them, weren't they? Yeah, the one was just maybe a shoulder blo- shoulder block or whatever. But yeah, there was definitely at least two diving headbutts. And, and then Jer- Jerry just makes the pin off of those moves. Earl turns around, makes the count, and uh, and that's that. Brett clears the ring afterwards, though, of all the uh, all the villains. We're doing the Raws here, and I'm fairly certain there will be more to this. But in the moment, if I just dropped in and just watched In Your House... This is just a stupid decision here. The whole thing, Jerry chasing Brett around to get this match when he had already signed the match with Hakushi. Jerry trying to rush to get this match in the ring because Brett's limping around backstage. And then Brett lets the cat out of the bag. I was faking about the knee injury. You expect Brett's going to come out and beat Jerry Lawler. Jerry wins here, and you're like, what? Why? We got other pay-per-views to get to, I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we get another close-up promo from sid the time is almost up diesel will become a victim because he has to meet the master and the ruler of the world <laughs> <laughs> oh he is so ridiculous todd and stephanie choose the winner of the house and it is matt Pompasilli from henderson nevada and Stephanie jumps, he, the, he puts her, there's this enormous, like 15 foot long by eight foot wide. Clear dumpster. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's a clear, it's a Lexan dumpster for all intents and purposes with the 340,000 envelopes in it. And they pull out rakes. From, it's so stupid, this era. They're pretending like, oh, let me see if there's something in the garage. Like the set, I'm sure if you're a WWF fan, you remember the whole in your house set. People come through a front, come through the door. At this point, Pettengill goes into the quote unquote garage and comes out with two rakes. Like they're almost pretending like the house is there on the set with them, but we've already been told the house is in Florida and they're in New York State. It's just so stupid. Anyway, they get out the rakes, they move the envelopes around and it doesn't look like they do any real shuffling to it stephanie picks an envelope todd makes the phone call 11 year old matt pompicelli's father answers the phone he's won the house hooray he sold it about six months later to pay for his college which um, you know good for the family had just moved to the vegas area they were from new york they had just moved to vegas they weren't moving to florida hey Kid got a college education out of it. Good for him. And to this day, he is still at Mr. In Your House on social media. 
<laughs> Good for him. I I live in Florida. There, I to my knowledge, there the address of the house is not public. I don't know. It's in Orlando. I don't. If it's public, it'd be interesting. I wonder if it's valued higher than like a normal house in the same track of whatever. It was on a golf course, so I'm sure it's a nice piece of property. It looked like a very basic summer home. Very nice. It had that beautiful screened-in pool and everything, but it is on a golf course, so it's probably a nice piece of property. Yeah, yeah. So if the, the owners have kept it up or whatever, but yeah. So that's that. And then we have the main event, and we have been working on this main event since the Raw after WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels gets attacked by Sid the Raw after WrestleMania. Diesel makes the save. Sid joins the Million Dollar Corporation. They've got it out for Bam Bam. Everything, this whole build for the last six weeks has been to get Diesel and Sid in the ring for this super satisfying conclusion to the feud. And here's what happens. (laughs) They hold Diesel down in a camel clutch. And I'm thinking to myself, that's how the Iron Sheik got the title from Backlund. So maybe that's what's going to happen here. Then he follows up, Sid follows up with a leg drop. And I'm thinking to myself, that's how Hogan got the title from Sheik. So maybe that's what's going to happen here. Back to the camel clutch. Sid uses a power bump. And I'm like, that's how Diesel beat Backlund. So I'm like, this is how it's going to. Diesel kicks out. Nobody kicks out from the Sid's power bump. But. Moments later, Diesel hits the jackknife. Tatanka runs in. DiBiase hits the ring as well. They beat down Diesel. Draws the DQ. Bam, bam, out to make the save. So, disqualification. After all of those finishers that Sid was hit, Sid hit the camel clutch, the leg drop, the power drum. And all of it is really to set up the bam, bam, and what IRS match the next night. (laughs) (laughs) And hey... Not only did Sid go to the camel clutch twice, Vince actually learned what the camel clutch was. Because as we we both watched Superstars the week before, or whatever it was, or, at the some point, it was the day the, yeah, the day before, someone had used the camel clutch and Vince called it a Boston crab. Well, I just. <laughs> <laughs> so by the pay per view, he learned the right name of the move that, you know, has been used for over a decade. The show ends, as if all this wasn't enough, the show ends with, we see a clip of aliens that are about to destroy the planet. <laughs> but fortunately, they came across the World Wrestling Federation and they seem to think that there is hope for humanity. And the tagline is, the World Wrestling Federation. You never know. We might be saving the world. <laughs> Sounds good. I think they should use that today. And the crazy thing is, in 1995, if you asked just about anyone other than a wrestling fan, they would have said quite the opposite. Like, <laughs> the ridiculousness that I sometimes stumble across on the USA Network. This is the downfall of society. Thankfully, it's over now. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it anymore. But so. 
What'd you think in the end? It was a nice, tidy two-hour pay-per-view. It's, yeah. I'm sure back in the day, I was, again, I've admitted I probably wasn't watching during this time, but had I been, the expanding from the big four and bringing in new pay-per-views and it was less money, I probably was really excited about this or would have been. And you got a pretty decent cut. You look at these names, this looks like a pay-per-view card. Whereas you drop in on any one of these Raws and you're saying to yourself, there's a there's very rarely a match on the Raws, at this point at least, where it's not a star versus an enhancement talent. There's only a handful of matches we've seen in the few in the handful of Raws that we've gone over where it was two people you actually know. Yeah. Hey, one of them's got to do the job. A lot of them are Sid or Mabel or someone that you know versus Joe Gobbledygots from the lives in the town that they're filming in. Yeah, I think it's clearly not WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Rumble. It's not one of those, but they had competitive matches and that was probably, you don't get to see them too often, like you mentioned. I think that a title change on this show would have been nice to let everybody know that the show has some meaning because if you just didn't watch the show, you didn't really miss anything. True. But yeah, that, that would have been, like you said, it's not WrestleMania. It's not one of the, but it wasn't trying to be, but you're right. Had there been a title change here, you might've said the people who skipped it would have said, ah, oh, crap, I better start paying attention to those because real stuff yeah. can happen. Yeah. But We'll be back to watching Monday Night Raw on tomorrow's episode, but as for today, the Daily Wrestling News Show is a Minutes to Bell Time production. Find out more at MinutesToBellTime.com. Today's episode was recorded by Ryan Joy and John DeConti. Subscribe to the Daily Wrestling News Show on your podcast player of choice, and join us in the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. We'll see you tomorrow for our normal Monday episode where we talk about the Monday Night Raw from May 14th, 1995. May 15th, 1995. See you there.